1: I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite lore cast on the Citadel.
2: Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast lore behind the Mass Effect games.
1: Welcome back, Specters. This is the Mass Effect Lorecast, and I am once again assuming direct control of the podcast. That's because uh, Tom tells me to let you all know that he's feeling better. He has just had a personal matter come up, so instead, uh, I am being joined by some Bioware veteran players with me, Teacup and Sheacup, from the Dragon Age Lorecast. Teacup, Sheacup, how's it going? Hello, hello. Going Good. Good, so, Glad- so I'm, I've brought you both here today um, because there's some not so good things that we gotta talk about. But first, uh, for those listeners of ours who don't yet know you, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves and how you know Mass Effect?
3: Yeah, Austin Teacup, why don't you go first since you played Mass Effect before I did?
4: Yeah, so I played Mass Effect like all of us Uh, By accident, I just saw it and started playing it and and did that. And so I got involved with Mass Effect, that which would have been like over a decade ago.
1: That's all I'm going to say. Over (laughs) 9,000 hours ago?
4: (laughs) Yes, over 9,000 hours ago. And I just loved the series and loved BioWare. And Mass Mass Effect was not my first BioWare game because totor was but then kind of got into that and doing all of that and now i host it co-host the dragon age Lorecast,
1: bioware's other big ip and speaking of the the lore cast uh she cub i think you have something to do with that
3: <laughs> um no no just kidding yes yeah, so i uh co-host the dragon age Lorecast with teacup if you don't listen to us you totally should if you like dragon age Um, But I, you know, I actually am newer to Mass Effect. Um, I played KOTOR and Dragon Age first at the insistence of Teacup. Um, And then he finally was like, you have to play Mass Effect. Like, this has gone on too long. You say you don't like space. Like, you, you just have to play it. And so finally I gave in and was like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm not going to like Mass Effect because it's space and I don't like space things. I want fantasy, not space, whatever. Um, And then I played it and fell in love with the game series. And here we are. So that's kind of how I played Mass Effect.
1: Was one of the selling points that you could bang aliens?
3: Uh... Yeah, I mean that's fair. That is that is a factor. However, I did get ninja manced by Kaden in Mass Effect One, so there was that.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't be too nice to him.
3: <laughs>
1: same you, you with can't Ashley. be
3: nice to him at all
1: same with Ashley you can't you can't be nice and also not romance um but it's a little different with Caden but I digress because we're not here to talk about banging Caden or Ashley today if you're interested in that we did that a few episodes ago um we are instead here to talk about some rather sad news so I wanted to open it up with a light topic uh, because today as most dedicated Mass Effect fans know at this point um uh, there's some heavy news about BioWare. Recently, the announcement came um, about a week from when this will publish, actually, about a week ago on the 23rd. uh, BioWare's general manager Gary McKay posted a notice on the BioWare website, notifying in so many words or less of corporate language that they were laying off 50 people. And so before we talk about this and what it means, I feel a compulsion to read some of the actual notice that McKay had written to everyone. So here's, here's how it begins. Hello again. Today, rather than discuss one of our upcoming projects, I'd like to share an update about the studio itself and outline our vision for BioWare's future. In order to meet the needs of our upcoming projects, continue to hold ourselves to the highest standard of quality, and ensure BioWare can continue to thrive in an industry that's rapidly evolving, we must shift toward a more agile and more focused studio. It will allow our developers to iterate quickly, unlock more creativity, and form a clear vision of what we're building before development ramps up. Okay, so when this announcement came out, and I began reading it, And I started with this paragraph. My first thought was, oh, no. Oh, no. I can see where this is going. The words more agile and more focused Mm -hmm. uh, were a little bit of keywords. But he goes on to say, to achieve this, we find ourselves in a position where change is not only necessary, but unavoidable. As difficult as this is to say, rethinking our approach to development inevitably means reorganizing our team to match the studio's changing needs. As part of this transition, we're eliminating approximately 50 roles at BioWare. That's deeply painful and humbling to write. Probably painful for those losing their jobs, too. Uh, We're doing... Everything we can to ensure the process is handled with empathy, respect, and clear communication. With that last point in mind, I want to take a moment to explain how we got here, what we're doing to support our colleagues, and what this means for Bioware's current and future games. So, this was just the beginning of the notice that uh, McKay had posted. And my, okay, so let's go Our first thoughts. First thoughts when you read this, mine was, oh no, and then, oh, no. And then, oh, no. 50 rolls. And I got to be blunt here. It came across as very corporate. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I my... totally. Go ahead, Austin.
4: I was going to say, that was my first, like, thought of, like, oh, you're using corporate speak to try to n- make us not be mad at you. Uh... Anyone who has ever worked for a big corporation in any kind of thing knows that when they start using words like we just want to be more focused or this, this, this. It means that either A, they've made a huge policy change that is going to screw over the lives of all of their grunt level workers or to their firing people.
3: Which, to be fair, in this case is a little bit of both. 50 people
1: um, is a lot.
3: But to me, my first thought um, with this section is, is it even 50 people? Because their use of the word roles really stuck out to me um, because, you know, multiple people can be working in the same role. You could have, you know, multiple project managers, right? So I'm wondering, is this, could it possibly be that they're actually firing, laying off to be precise more than 50 people? I think it's a possibility.
1: That's a valid question that personally I hadn't even considered before we started talking here. Um, and, I I think it's important, in case anyone who's listening to this is just a casual Mass Effect fan and you don't know, BioWare is the developer behind Mass Effect and Dragon Age. And so this news ultimately impacts more than just us in the Mass Effect community, but our friends in the Dragon Age 1 too. So that's why uh, Teacup and Cheekup are here to break down and already teaching me some things about this notice that I didn't realize yet. Uh, So the 50 rolls thing was interesting to me. I was reading about this on Eurogamer, who has a article up right now talking about how a lot of the senior writing staff was involved in this. And according to recent employment figures reported by Eurogamer, the 50 or approximately 50, let's just say for the sake of argument that it is exactly 50, right? Exactly 50 people have been laid off. Uh, For the sake of argument, we'll say that, According to their recent employment figures reported by Eurogamer, that would mean that 20% of BioWare's total workforce was just impacted by this. This one swift move. That's a lot. 20%. Yeah. You know, it's, it makes national huge. headlines when Microsoft lays off 3 or 5%. Granted, they're a huge company with way more employees, but it's still a lot. I mean, when you when you saw that it was even percentage wise or realized that it was such a large percentage of the company what was your general opinion especially being dragon age folks right dreadwolf is hopefully right around the corner
4: mm mm-hmm. mhm
3: yeah, I mean I, I know that Dragon Age Dreadwolf is in alpha right now as of the last update that they gave us. I don't see them like lying about that. I don't see them trying to mislead people on that. So I tend to take that at face value. I know there are some people online who um are a little bit more skeptical than that, but that's just where I, I operate from. Um but for me, you know, it is concerning for sure for Dreadwolf launching in a not buggy state. But for me, it's a little bit more frightening for any future Bioware games after Dreadwolf, particularly Mass Effect Five.
4: Yeah, I think when you lay le- when you think gaming companies, you think these big, big corporations like you take Activision or Ubisoft or Microsoft or Bungie or all these other corporations, BioWare is relatively small. So when I read that 50 employees, I was like, so was this half? Was this like, there can't be that many people working in the BioWare office. For example, I mean, Ubisoft has is headquarters all over the world, but they have 21,000 employees. And so 50 employees for them would be, they probably fire 50 employees daily or lose 50 mm-hmm. employees daily. Um, but it's a big chunk. And I remember thinking about that, like BioWare is not that big of a company. This is kind of, this is big thing. This is a big change, a big thing that they're undertaking, which means that BioWare, especially under the direction of EA is not known for utilizing their workforce efficiently. We saw that with the Anthem release and how that delayed and based ended up being good but basically trashed what would have been the new dragon age game that was going to be a live service game no one wanted it it was terrible but and even affected andromeda because they were so rushed on anthem that andromeda suffered for that as well and so when i read that i was like this is going to be
1: bad. I'm hoping it's not a repeat of Andromeda. Uh, honestly, mm. I I hope for everyone's sake it's not. Um, but it's interesting that you bring up the size uh, point there because twenty if if fifty people is twenty percent of their total workforce, it means that their pre layoff size was only about two hundred fifty. And you know that doesn't when when you're talking about video games, it doesn't sizes in everything but it also makes them a smaller studio than larian who Mm -hmm. is now ironically uh given this news of the layoffs is ironically succeeding very well because of baldur's gate 3 that is just releasing it's it's just knocking rpgs out of the water um Mm -hmm. but i don't think that that I don't think that Larian Success had anything to do with this before anyone puts on their tinfoil hat. I think this is something that is impacting EA, who owns BioWare. And we're going to get into a little bit more of that later. But first, let's talk about who is out. Who has lost their position at BioWare? Uh, and how might it resonate with fans? So first, specifically, who 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 has lost their jobs in the days following this announcement? We know that a number of people took to Twitter to uh, say, hey, you know, I have just found out today that I am out of a job. And seeing the tweets, first of all, that this was news to them, uh, as soon as we were learning this, was kind of telling to me. Um, But it was also telling to see just how many of those tweets that I saw that and granted, I'm very active in the Twitter community and for Mass Effect, so of course I'm going to see them. Uh, but it was it was a lot. I've never seen firsthand that many tweets from people who have lost their jobs at a given company saying, "I'm looking for a new job. I have X amount of years of experience." So who who are these people that are now cut from Bioware? Well. The short answer is, you can look on Twitter, right, and maybe you'll see some self-disclosures there, but the long answer is, it's still unclear. BioWare did not include in their original announcement a, an exhaustive list of all of the different positions that were being impacted. It did not say, you know, this these positions from the creative team, this these positions from the marketing team. It did not say that. So it's still unclear, but it looks to have had a huge impact on the writing team. Eurogamer reports... That every writer who had been with the studio for over twenty years was cut, but I understand that she cup, uh, you already know that there is at least one person who defies that mold.
3: Yeah, there. I think I think Eurogamer kind of uh, jumped the gun on that a little bit um, because there are quite a few people who are let go, who are, you know, newer faces too. I think a lot of people on Twitter, especially, or X, I guess we should say, um, they want to kind of act like, oh, it's only the veterans who have been let go. But that's not that's not the case. There are quite a few people that um, I've seen on Twitter as well who are newer faces to BioWare that have been let go. So I do think it's a little bit more of a broad swath than um, we might be led to think.
1: And Teacup, um, when you saw, when you start, when you started to see those tweets coming in of person after person who was like, "Hey, I'm looking for a job. I'm looking for a job now." And this was like the same day that we were all learning about the layoffs at at Bioware. What did this make you think? I mean, you're in a similar position to me. Where, I mean, both of you are, uh, you're in similar positions to me and Tom, where we host a podcast on Mass Effect. And you host a podcast on Dragon Age. To a certain extent, we're invested, you know? So what did that make you think?
4: Um, really, like, kind of like what started me is that David Gator started sharing a bunch of tweets from these people and he he gets involved, but he doesn't comment a lot on like the current going ons of Bioware. Like they left on what I assume are, you know, good terms and goodish terms. And he kind of just says this is what they're doing here. This but he doesn't get involved, but he had a lot of tweets. About this and a lot of talking about I'm assuming a lot of his friends who were out of jobs and like I didn't realize how serious it really was until I saw one name and that was Mary Kirby and I know we're going to talk about her in a couple of seconds but um and then when I saw that I was like oh crap like what's going on here like this is not a good
1: thing so Mary Kirby's name was a name that a lot of Dragon Age fans may recognize. A lot of Mass Effect fans may recognize the name Lucas Christensen, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, according to a report by The Gamer, um, it includes senior writers among the layoffs, but specifically Christensen was one of them. He was also the lead writer behind the original Baldur's Gate. Uh, Mass Effect fans probably recognize his name because he wrote much of Joker's character. He also wrote a number of jokes inside the trilogy at different points. He helped with writing Caden, Jacob and Grunt. And he's been on Dragon Age 2, right?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he wrote Sarah, uh, namely in Inquisition. And there are a few others. I just I can't remember all of them. But yeah, he's been pretty much on every single Bioware game.
1: He's been with the company a long, long time. I can't remember the year that the original Baldur's Gate came out. Uh, I want to say it was at the tail end of the '90s, right? Um, and yeah. so, and you—you you had already brought up David Gator. Gator—that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, David Gator's comments, but I was surprised to see the tweet from David Gator uh, in response to this news that Christensen was laid off. Gator said he was stunned, and he remarked, perhaps facetiously, that uh, Christensen had been with the company so long, we, quote, we used to call him Old Man Luke and Writer Alpha. (laughs) So, still a good sense of humor about it, but ultimately, you have to think, from a very micro perspective, I've worked at companies where very, very long-term veterans have been cut when the person that you look up to and maybe that you called writer alpha or in your own terms, called them that at your own workplace, when they get laid off at this point in a project, you know, a big project, uh, it kind of sends a message to everyone else. Mm-hmm. No one is non-expendable. You're all expendable, exactly. right? Exactly. Even if that's the message that isn't meant to be conveyed, that's the message that's received.
3: Mm-hmm. And to me, I you know I'm a writer for work. I um, work in marketing, and so I I am a writer. And to me, it's it's frightening. It's a frightening pattern because first of all, yes, writers are expendable. It does suggest that. But to me, it also since so many of these people who are laid off are writers, it suggests to me that EA perhaps is planning to utilize AI technology in future games. Um, which, you know, I'm opposed to, I know many of our listeners are like, no, the writing will be trash if you do that. Um, but you know, from a personal level, it's like, well, my job could get replaced too. And I could be out of a job as well. So to me, it just, it, all of it, all of it feels very cruel and, um, you know, just not the way we want to treat people.
1: I hear that as, you know, a writer myself, uh, among other things, (laughs) Uh, I hear the level of anxiety and I felt it before about AI as well um, but just to be clear with our listeners we I haven't I don't think Cup or Teacup has seen anything definitive that would indicate that EA is going toward AI writing um, but it's a common anxiety among a lot of artists now you know mm-hmm. um, whose job is next uh, and it it's a it, it's it's real in as much as the fear is real uh, but that w- so Christensen was just one of the the most uh, prominent names who who caught people a lot of people by surprise when it turned out that Christensen was laid off. But you also brought up Mary Kirby, teacup. How how exactly is Mary Kirby um, relevant to the Dragon Age fandom? Why might dedicated Bioware players recognize Mary's name?
4: Well, I'll let... Shelby really answer that but in just like a short thing before that losing Mary Kirby to Dragon Age is akin to losing Drew Capershin to Mass Effect
3: mm-hmm.
1: that's a big deal uh, for our listeners who don't mm-hmm. know um, that is the lore father <laughs> Drew is the lore father uh, I'm, I'm being facetious here because of course the lore of Mass Effect was developed by plenty of people um, but he was one of the first, he was also the author of the first, uh, mass effect trilogy of books that would be revelation, uh, mm-hmm. redemption and retribution, uh, or no, I'm sorry, revelation ascension and retribution. Um, so that is a big deal. So she walk us through why this is a big deal for Bioware players as a whole.
3: Yes, so I agree completely, t that losing Mary Kirby is very similar. Um, and I just kind of view her as one of the Dragon Age greats because she's written so many significant characters and quests. Um, she has written characters including Varric, Loghain, Vivian, Sten, Merrill, and many more. She's also been at Bioware since 2006, which is a long time. Um, but I also want to shout her out because she has written some of the most complicated quests, if not the single most complicated quest in all of Dragon Age. And this is coming from Dragon Age origins. um, And that's the Landsmeet quest. And the Landsmeet is significant because it has an almost infinite amount of entry points, mitigating factors and resolutions to it. Like, she has posted basically a, a map diagram of all of the different outcomes of the lands meet on twitter before and it it is huge it's crazy um it's it's such a feat so that's huge. But she also wrote the literal chant of light, which is what the Chantry religion in Dragon Age is based off of. And that's basically their Bible. So she wrote all of that and so much of the lore behind the Cunari as well, which is one of the four main races in Thedas in Dragon Age. So basically, to put it simply, losing both Kirby and Christensen is just It's such a devastating loss.
1: And while you were talking, I was curious about this, you know, flow chart that you were referencing. So I pulled it up and it is bonkers that someone that one person could like simultaneously follow that many different threads in their head and make them make sense. It makes your brain hurt. Right. So (laughs) these are not these are not, you know, people that I, I think cynical Uh, Some people on the political spectrum would say, oh, well, they went to school and got a worthless degree. And, you know, this is not the Mm -hmm. case. Um, Mm -hmm. And I want to also make sure that people understand Kirby and Christensen are, are just two of the many, many people who this has impacted directly. But for the players, this is not the first batch of news for fans of Bioware's writing staff, which I personally think is Bioware's strongest suit historically. They're writing. Uh, Mac Walters worked for them for 19 years, and he left back in January of this year. He was the senior writer on Mass Effect 1, and he worked on its sequels. Um, Going through all of the things that he helped write in the game would be exhaustive and take the rest of this episode. So if you're curious about Mac, uh, look him up. He's a big deal. Casey Hudson was also the original creative director on Mass Effect. He left Bioware for a second time a few years ago. And when I heard this, I was crushed because I was so excited that Casey was back since he was the one who was really pioneering and, uh, and piloting the Mass Effect ship in the development stages from the very beginning, um, I was very excited that he was back, but this was a few years ago, I think the end of 2020 when this happened. So aside from in seven day news for the past few years, when news has broken about Mass Effect and Bioware, it's fair if fans feel a knee-jerk apprehension, because when the news has broken for the past few years, aside from that teaser, aside from the trailer, it's just probably not going to be good. That's how we felt, you know, and... And I feel for fellow fans out there, because when this statement went up, you probably had your heart drop in your stomach like I did. And like I'm guessing She Cup and Teacup did.
3: Hmm. Yeah. And I would add also, you know, I know that Dreadwolf is supposedly coming out soon, but we've received almost zero information about it as well. So, you know, when we when we see these, it's like, oh, well, this is like the first news we've had in six months. And, you know, that's especially ironic that Mary Kirby is one of the the people that has been let go since her creation of Varick is the, the person they're relying on to do the sole promotion for the upcoming game. It's, you know, pretty ironic.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to dissect there. And uh, I want to take this part of the show as a genuine heartfelt apology to all of the people, all of the writers, everyone from every different team on uh, who, who lost their role to Bioware. There's a there's a little bit of um, a caveat that we haven't mentioned yet, which is that EA is working on getting them jobs elsewhere. At least that's what EA says. Um, but if you were impacted by this, you know, from us at the Mass Effect fandom and from Teacup and Cheekup at the Dragon Age fandom, we're sorry. You know, we love your work and this sucks to see, uh, let us know if we can do anything to help. Uh, but for now, why don't we go ahead and go to the mid break? Uh, and so this is the part of the show where Tom hopefully listens to this and edits it in, in, in post-production, uh, the mid break. So, all right, we'll be right back.
2: All right. So everybody knows how VPN services and express VPN can protect your privacy and security online, Right. But did you know that there are some secret, hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN? Like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So, if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office. Or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries, all you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect to learn more.
0: Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and
2: this... Lorecast... Is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, this is the middle of the show, and I'm so sorry I missed another episode again, but thank you so much to Sam and our special guest, the Cups, for filling in for me this week. And I plan to be back next week, uh, well, assuming that the hurricane doesn't get in the way and I have power and all of that. So... Yeah, things have been crazy lately, but I'm I'm really really hoping to get back to the show sooner than later. But it's the middle of the show, so we got to thank our new patrons for joining us. Welcome to Maria C. Uh, Genesis is back, Magister Davida and Larry, welcome to the show and to the Patreon. Thank you for joining us, and we have to shout out our shepherd tier patrons, Kulkashins, Edboy, Kira C., Lieutenant Susina, and William. Thank you so much for your support as well. And we have a patron chat coming up in just a few days from when you're listening to this. At the end of this week, again, hoping I can be there because I'll have power still, which would be terrible if I didn't. Uh, But that's coming up, and we've got some new reviews to read out. This one comes from Racing Caging. Uh, In the United States he writes amazing love it been binging this for a week and a half saves me time from reading the codex (laughs) You're very welcome, and then also thank you to Beatrix X the bear Beatrice the X the bear uh, maybe that's how you say it uh, from the US who writes this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel I'm a huge Mass Effect nerd and I know a lot of the lore This is a great podcast to delve to dive deeper with great explanations So thank you so much for that And if anyone else would like to help us out with a five-star review on Apple podcasts We will read it out on a future episode and if you're interested in joining us on the patreon There's still time to sign up and be part of the end of the month patron episode or you know To get ad-free episodes and t-shirts and all sorts of other fun things patreon.com slash master Mass Effect lore cast all right that's gonna do it for this part let's get back to the rest of the show
1: spit it out or are you trying to build suspense
3: you're so dense sir obviously I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought
1: okay and we're back so we have more of this topic to discuss and I know it hasn't been easy for us (laughs) it's this has been actually normally I'm pretty excited for the lore cast because we're talking about lore but we had to cover this and now I'm not too excited because we have another entire section that we got to discuss what this means what this layoff uh news means for the future of both of our favorite games of Mass Effect and Dragon Age so long and short We would be remiss if we didn't cover what Bioware's GM has to say. While he assures us in terms of project development, it will all be fine. He says, or he writes rather, If you're wondering how all of this will impact development of Dragon Age Dreadwolf, let me be clear that our dedication to the game has never wavered. Okay. Um, Anyone who's listened to enough political speeches, when someone says, let me be clear, (laughs) um, just, just, Listen intently. <laughs> that's pretty much that's the nicest thing I can say. Um, when someone says "let me be clear," it, it often means that they are they are understanding the news they are delivering is not going to be received well, and so I think McKay at least knows that. So McKay continues. Our commitment remains. Our commitment remains steadfast, and we are all working to make this game worthy of the Dragon Age name. We're confident. That will have the time needed to ensure Dreadwolf reaches its full potential. I can also tell you that every member of our team, even those departing Bioware, deserves credit for crafting a spectacular, spectacular, spectacular experience. These are our colleagues and friends, and we would not be here without them. I'm so proud of all the work our team has done. How would you feel if you were part of the team that has helped make Dragon Age Dreadwolf? It's an alpha now, hasn't been released, but Thanks for your work. See ya.
3: It just, such, it just rings hollow to me because it, at least from the impressions um, from Twitter and this article, it seems that many of the people who were let go found out at the same time this article was posted. Which so to if that's out-
1: true, I want to I be very clear. That's inexcusable. If that's yes, true, I love absolutely. this game. I love this game to hell and back. But if that's true, EA, what the hell? Seriously, mm-hmm. that's wrong, and you should feel wrong. Mm-hmm. If, if that is true, that that anyone found out that they were getting laid off because of a fucking tweet, seriously, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead.
3: No, you just you know, you just made my point. Like it's just cruel. Like there's no reason to treat another human being that way, especially someone who has worked to create a product that will earn you money. First and foremost, like that's that's what EA cares about is the money. And so for a company that is a almost a two billion dollar company, it's inexcusable to treat their employees in this way. It's inexcusable to treat any employee in this way for sure. But it, it just it's just so gross to me for the manager, general manager of Bioware to say, I'm so proud of all the work that you guys have done. And then Oh, see ya like it. You you just, it's just, it's just bullshit.
1: Now, Sheikup um, did promise me that I would get a feisty side of her tonight, and I think we're beginning to see that. But, Teacup, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. And again, I don't, is this, do we, do we have confirmed that some people did find out about this layoff because of social media?
3: I don't think it's confirmed. I am uh, reading between the lines. Um, just some of the tweets that I have seen, they say, so I guess I'm out of a job now yes. or I, I learned well. today. And it's like that doesn't sound good to me. And even even to me, even if they found out the same day that this article was posted, I still think that's shitty.
4: Because and this is my thing about it in like from an emotional standpoint, like practicing with people you haven't given them them time to process before announcing it to the whole world to then they have to answer questions about what happened while they're still in the midst of processing and figuring out what they're going to do next. And, but again, I don't know any confirmation if that is, but this is my like point that I would just like want to drive home with this. And this is a little broader of our American society, but I read things like this and then think that no manager, no CEO, ever has the right to ask the question: Why is there no company loyalty anymore?
1: Well, I feel like some companies have practiced treating their employees well, so I don't want to group every company into that. Um, right. But and uh, but you know what? I also like. I feel like I've also worked in the in the corporate world long enough. To understand, And maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I also understand that this decision was likely out of the hands of McKay, too. This was probably mm-hmm. an upper, upper level decision that was not made with, would have been made with or without McKay's consent. But ultimately, McKay had to be the bearer of bad news to people. Um,
3: but also, you know, I, I just want to push back on that a little bit because, yeah, it probably did. Completely come from EA, but McKay still had the opportunity to treat his employees in the best way that he could. And I don't think that doing that on such short notice would be that like, I don't know, I feel like they could have pushed out the timeline a little bit more. And granted, I'm not behind the closed doors. Um, But I just feel like we've seen a lot of articles over the past year or two about BioWare mismanagement. And so I I hesitate personally to place all of the blame on EA. Not that you're doing that, um, but I've seen some folks around the Internet uh, completely blaming EA for it. And I think I think it's in both BioWare and EA's hands.
1: And by the way, to to our listeners right now. This is one of the reasons why I appreciate that we are independent. Uh, a lot of people might not know this, but yeah, we're not we're not, you know, compensated by any any form of EA or Bioware or anything like that. That's why I appreciate that Tom and I have an independent platform because sometimes when you love things and sometimes when you love people and the work that they do, it doesn't mean being a yes man and mm-hmm. not we're not, not everything is going to be okay all the time. This is one of those times that it's not okay. Um, and I understand that there's a number of different dis, uh, motivating factors for the decisions. Like you had mentioned, you're, you, know, you weren't in behind closed doors during these conversations. I'm sure they are difficult choices, ironically, that affect Mass Effect. Um, very difficult choices. But about Mass Effect... McKay writes, quote, while this is an extremely difficult day for everyone at BioWare, we're making changes now to build a brighter future. We're excited for you all to see what we've been building with Dreadwolf. A core veteran team led by Mike Gamble continues their pre-production work on the next Mass Effect. Our commitment to quality continues to be our North Star. Those are a lot of good sounding words with very few specifics. And that's how the rest of this notice read to me, that there's a lot of I'll put it this way. The re- this entire notice didn't feel like a notice to the gamers. It didn't feel like a notice to the players or current or former. It felt like a notice to the shareholders. Mm-hmm. This was... Precisely. Because if you read into his language, it's very optimistic. You know, We're excited. We're, we're looking forward. Everything is forward-looking because that's how the stock market is. Um, but none of it is very uh, descript. You know, a core veteran team. Okay, well, how many people is that? Who's working on there? How many people are left? Mm-hmm. Because we know that a team was already brought over from Mass Effect to help with Dragon Age, Red Wolf. How many of those people were involved in this layoff? That they already got switched between projects and now they're laid off? We don't know. Because there's so few details right now. And I see some people in, in my chat right now bringing up NDAs. That's kind of a big deal right now because that's... a so. There's a lot of criticism that gets leveled at video game news. But for the same reason that tech news is sometimes hard to come by when when you really care about a topic, so is video game news. A lot of the people that work at these companies are often required to sign differing levels of non-disclosure agreements. And so we're not learning a lot about the specifics on the statuses of these games. And some of this is, you know, fairly due to trade secrets because corporate um, corporate corporations that are, you know, your competitors could definitely benefit if they were to learn X, Y, Z details, you know. So that's that. Um, but it, it's still this notice is not descriptive and doesn't tell us the gamers a lot other than don't worry, get excited. We're excited. Games are coming. But that's it. Um, and although McKay is jingling the proverbial uh, Fisher-Price keys in front of our face, I'm worried. I'm not excited. I'm worried a bit because, you know, back in March, we learned the Mass Effect team was called in to help work on Dragon Age Redwolf. At the time... GamesBeat reported that a, quote, small core team was still working on Mass Effect. And you'll notice this verb, this verbiage, this terminology, small core team. That's because it's been reused and reused by EA Bioware for a long time to refer to this small team that's working on Mass Effect. We still don't know how many people that is, but apparently that small core team led by Mike Gamble is still working on pre-production on Mass Effect. We don't know if it got smaller. (laughs) We don't know if it grew. We don't know a lot. Now, I know that our favorite studio can walk and chew gum at the same time, but if resources if resources weren't limited, rather, I don't think that they'd pull a team off of a project they're already working on, even if it is only in pre-production. I know EA's done this before. They've pulled teams from other areas to work on different games. They, I think they did it with Battlefield, and I forget the name of the studio that they pulled help from. But it's concerning to me because this already happened back in March and now here we are about five months later and we're hearing that 50 people or approximately 50 roles have been eliminated at Bioware. Mm -hmm. And so those people could find other jobs at EA, but it ain't going to be Bioware.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: So yeah, I'm worried. I,
4: I want to like phrase this in like EA, like in the EA area versus Bioware because I want to, I think EA is under a lot of pressure right now because the big game that really they released was really their last star Wars title, which was Jedi survivor through respawn and Jedi survivor is not even a contender for game of the year when they probably thought it would be, but you know, is getting blown out of the water by tears of the kingdom and Baldur's gate and, and, Everything else that's coming up in these things that are contingents to game of the year. And so I think that EA hasn't really had a hit game in a long time. And Bioware, at least from Dragon Age Inquisition and Mass Effect, has released game of the years for them. But their last two releases have not panned well.
1: No, uh, I suppose they haven't. So, and that leads us perfectly into the next section that I want to talk about, which is ongoing questions that we all have. Um, because this announcement was so nondescript because there's so much that seems to be unsure for the future. I still have a number of questions. The first of which is what really prompted this layoff? If anyone at EA or BioWare with the uh, power and authority to answer that question can, we would very much appreciate some um, just leveling with us. You know, mm-hmm. we're not children. Uh, and and I understand that they all have jobs to do to um, preserve the health of the studio, as McKay puts it. Uh, and they all have jobs to do to answer to shareholders. It's a publicly traded company. That's what happens. Um, but... Don't forget about the people buying your products, you know? So what really prompted this layoff? Well, McKay cites preserving the health of the studio, like I just quoted them at. And that would seem to implicate to me that there's been a shortfall in cash, right? That you would need to preserve the health of the studio. This isn't just firing a particularly toxic employee who is polluting the health of the studio. (laughs) They're they're eliminating 50 roles. So, okay, so I want to back up a little bit. And look at this in more of a macro picture. If there has been a shortfall of cash, that might make sense because we know digital spending has plummeted across the board, leading to contraction in the entire tech industry since 2021, since restrictions on the pandemic really started easing. And on top of that, we now have inflation. Month over month, it's still continuing, and people are starting to feel the squeeze when they go out shopping, when they go to the grocery store. Hell, I just got like six bags of groceries the other day, and it cost me like 250 bucks. It was insane. Granted, I live in a high-cost-of-living area, but that's bonkers. So inflation isn't helping on that front. I myself have had to get very picky about which video games I'm buying. You mentioned Jedi Survivor. I love Jedi Fallen Order. I didn't get to play it, though. I didn't get or I didn't get to play Survivor, though, because I've been I've had to be very, very picky now about which games that I'm buying. So I think before we rush to judgment, a lot of gamers, Mass Effect ones specifically, since another Mass Effect, a new Mass Effect game hasn't come out in a while. Ask yourself, how many games have you wanted to buy lately and how many games have you bought? And then compare that to like 2020. I mean, if you have your Steam cart, you could literally just go and look. But this is besides the point, because this is too abstract, so let's zero in a little bit. EA's stock actually sank a few weeks before this group layoff was announced. So this is kind of a big deal. Um, I was curious myself, so I started looking at market summaries through Google, and Electronic Arts, Inc., on August 1st, was at about $136 a share. And three days later, it had fallen 10% to 122 bucks. If you trade stocks, you do not want to see one of your stocks fall 10% in three days. That's that's a bad, bad sign. Fast forward then to a week before the layoff announcement, or about a week. It was August 17th, I believe. And EA's stock was sitting at about 118, down from 136 just a couple of weeks beforehand. That's a big deal. Reuters reported at the time that that came, quote, a day after the video game publisher projected quarterly net bookings below expectations due to high competition and muted spending by gamers. So apparently this digital uh, industry contraction of spending is really being felt by EA. And I wonder how much that could be uh, leading to these layoffs. But we're left to wonder, because this announcement didn't even say, in plain terms, we're having to make difficult decisions because of market trends. Even that's corporate. That's Mm -hmm. corporate, but at least it gives you an answer. But this notice gave no answer at all. It did not tell you why they were doing it. It just said to preserve the health of the company, whatever the fuck that means. I'm so goddamn sick of this nondescript language that sounds great and doesn't say a damn thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm getting on a soapbox now. But the, the point is, maybe this, maybe this stock thing had nothing to do with the announcement. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it wasn't even tangentially related, because layoffs, we know, take time to plan on the administrative end, so these things were probably in motion much before the stock sank, but that was their lar- largest dip from uh, since last February to last March of this year. That was just before the announcement that the Mass Effect team was helping out on Dragon Age. And... I, she cup, tea cup. I believe that you also noticed something peculiar about that timing.
3: Yeah, in March, um, which was the last big dip. You know, EA EA announced that they would be laying off about 800 different employees across all of their IPs, which accounts for about six percent of EA's workforce, which is you know less for sure than the Bioware cuts. Um, but you know this is across all of the different IPs, so that's pretty significant to me as well.
4: Right, um, I think that I know it's technically speculation because we're not. no, oh, but there's no way this isn't a budgetary decision. Like you don't, you don't lay off that many employees unless it's a budget thing and you're trying to make ends meet, or there's some kind of ridiculous toxic behavior going on and i just it's more like than likely a budget thing and trying to make ends meet and you know we would understand that at least but like i'm sure the senior right the writing staff that went went because they have the biggest salaries
1: typically if you've been at a company you know for 17 20 years You're probably going to have one of the biggest salaries. Yeah, and that's not news to really anyone who's lived long enough to see rounds of layoffs. Um, But, you know, McKay also says that these cuts enable them to act more focused and agile. That's what he had uh, written earlier in the notice which I zero in on these terms because when we as gamers, not we as shareholders, not we as executives of any company, but when we as people who play these games read this, that they want to be more focused and agile, I have a question that I think a lot of other people do, which is what the hell does that mean? Is this corporate speak for executives were deeming there were too many people earning too much money and not turning a quick enough product did executives think that there were too many heads sitting around from leader you know from a leadership's perspective maybe i'm not even going to get into the validity of whether or not that's true because i know nothing about the inner machinations of bioware and ea but if that's what's going on then find a find a way to say it you know because mm-hmm. we don't we still don't know why this happened. I also want to know what has the working environment been like amidst these layoffs? You talk to people who have been through, who have been working for companies that have been like, you know, announcing huge rounds of layoffs and inevitably employees will tell you that there's like a quiet, um, like a quiet anxiety filling everyone that there's like this sort of Damocles hanging above their head and they don't know when it's going to fall. And so I have that, I have that question as well. You know, lots of companies require their employees to maintain total silence on that front. So maybe that's why we're not really hearing about it. Right. Um, but again, it leaves us in the dark. So, I mean, uh, what, what questions would you want to know after having read this, having read this notice after having looked at kind of the fallout of what's, what's all happened? She cup, what questions do you have?
3: I guess my biggest question and, you know, I, I work in marketing um, and to me, this is, it makes zero sense from a marketing perspective. Like, and, and also this is a theme going back <laughs> throughout pretty much all of Dread Wolf's marketing as well. Like they write these articles that have sentences upon paragraphs, upon, you know, paragraphs of words that literally say nothing, like it has zero information. And they use $5 words when a $1 word could suffice. And they tell us zero information. And it, it to me has left a bad taste in my mouth. And I know that there are many other fans. That agree in the same vein, specifically for the Dreadwolf marketing, but we see that theme continuing with with articles like these, where they've refused to give us any information whatsoever. And so for me, it's like it's so hard to be positive about anything that comes out of Bioware now. When a all we've heard is bad news, and b you won't even tell us anything about why this happened. If they were honest, and this is a leadership thing, not on the employees, this is to the general manager of BioWare and the CEO slash C-suite of EA. Like, If y'all were honest with us about some of your struggles as a company or some of the reasons behind why you made this decision, I could at least understand and feel some sympathy for how you were in this position in the first place. However, the CEO of EA, y'all wanna know how much he makes? He makes $20 million a year. So it's hard for me to be sympathetic in that situation, when you as the CEO are laying off, I guess it's not you as the CEO, but you are making the decisions that then lead to everyday regular employees who've been faithful to this company for two decades.
1: And it's having real impact, you know, it's having real impact on those employees, mm-hmm. on their families, on all of the people who their work has touched. And This is this is very anecdotal. But when I was in high school, I was waiting tables as a summer job at Bob Evans. If anyone knows that that chain of restaurants, their strawberry pancakes slap, by the way. Uh, But Mm -hmm. they I was waiting tables and I was told by my boss at the time there was a there was a troublesome customer. And my boss just says, you know what? Just give him give him the dish uh, free. You know, even though it objectively really wasn't our fault. And I asked why he was willing to, can you know, like kind of concede that hill. And he said, because the customer coming back matters more than the price of that dish. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that somewhere, someone at EA and Bioware also believes that. Because... There's so many people, especially in the Mass Effect community right now, after Andromeda, we're in limbo. You know, we're floating in zero gravity metaphorically uh, and maybe physically in the next game. But we're in this limbo state where it feels like, um, okay, they better ace this one, you know, Um, and we keep seeing these things with lack of transparency on top of bad news already. And it's not making us hopeful. I am I am like one of the biggest Mass Effect fans I think that there might be. <laughs> but even I am worried, you know, I'm worried and I love the lore and I, I'm worried because I care about this game. So, you know, again, transparency would help all of this, but because we simply don't know what's going on. We also don't know how many impacted employees are taking advantage of that help that they offered for internal relocation. EA had mentioned that, uh, or BioWare's notice had actually mentioned that they were going to try and find new jobs for these people. McKay writes, we've chosen to act now in part to provide our impacted colleagues with as many internal opportunities as possible. That might tell me something about maybe they're acting before contracts expire. Maybe that's what that means. But He also goes on to say, these changes coincide with a significant number of roles that are currently open across EA's other studios. Notice he says, significant number of roles. Does not clarify how many roles there are. He goes on to say, impacted employees will be provided with professional resources and assistance. Again, not a qualified or a quantitative statement (laughs) as they apply for these positions. So how many roles is that specifically? Is it 50 or more that's open? How many would require physical relocation to another place? What exactly are the professional resources and assistance that you're giving to these people who have been impacted? These are a number of questions of mine that are brought up from this notice itself. And again, we get these blanket Mm -hmm. statements that sound good and it sounds like they're just checking a box to say like, okay, get off our backs. But what are, what's actually being done?
4: And from another point, let's talk about the, you know, let's read this. BioWare is a parent. Their parent company is EA. If there are open positions in other EA studios and other EA divisions, why can't EA just transfer said employees? Is that not an easier time of transferring to those positions? Because then you're you're just having to negotiate salary and not having to pay severance package and not having to do all this. So, and I really hate the last phrase of assistants as they apply for these positions. Mm. If I was let go from a company and they said, oh, well, the assistants will help you apply for this other job at our parent company. I'd be mad. I'd be pissed. I'd be like, fuck you.
1: Let's get (laughs) out of here. Well, if it's an existing opening, then it might be a legal thing, right? It might be a legal thing that they would have to apply just like everyone else. Catch my drift. Um, mm-hmm. because if it is an existing opening, which he already says, these changes coincide with a significant number of roles that are currently open across EA's other studios, then that makes, that might make sense what they have to apply.
3: But it's so interesting to me that they've cut 800 roles this year. And yet, how do they still have a significant number of roles open? That's a red flag to me.
1: Yeah, I'd wonder, I mean, it could be in different elements of their company that are maybe generating more revenue. I'm not sure. And that's a good question that could probably be answered if we had more details. Mm-hmm. Um, but in fairness to EA and BioWare, they say that they are trying to keep them in jobs. So at the very least, there's that, you know, um, a lot of companies will very shamelessly lay you off and then say, good luck. You know, so sorry. this. Ha- I'm so sorry this happened to you. Mm-hmm. God I hate that phrase is it, So I also want to know Is this going to be the last round of bio, uh, layoffs For Bioware this year Maybe this quarter uh, I don't know You know uh, Is this going to be the last round of layoffs for Bioware Before Dragon Age Dreadwolf releases Is it going to be the same Group of people that we see now At the very minimum Is this the group of people Who are still left standing Who are going to be helping to make Mass Effect or are more people leaving? I don't and know.
3: also, and also, how much more work are they going to put on these small group of people? Like, how much more work can this small group of people handle?
1: Right. It was already a small core team <laughs> working on Mass exactly. Effect. So, I am I am wanting to know that as well. Um, and of course, you know what? There's the obvious. There's the obvious answer or the obvious question. Is this round of layoffs going to delay Dread Dread Wolf or Mass Effect, even though we don't have a clue for when I think either one is going to release, right? We don't know.
3: Correct. Correct. We have no idea.
1: So there's not even a date to hold anyone accountable to at the moment. Um, And so is this going to be the reason why there are future delays ultimately? And if it is, will the company tell us that this is the reason?
3: Mm-mm.
1: those are no big i questions. don't think
4: i don't think they'll tell us if that is the reason um but i think oh what was i gonna say oh i have a thing of like with these layoffs it kind of gets like especially with these senior writer steps you know we look at both franchises we kind of get into like the ship of theseus argument at this point like are there so many people that are gone who were there from the beginning who saw the inception and creation of these franchises? They're now gone. Has the game now changed that it's not even even resembling...
1: Well, it's interesting. What it
4: began
1: at. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because there are a few astute Mass Effect fans, more than a few. There's a lot of astute Mass Effect fans who have noticed the differences in tones between the different instil- installments in the trilogy of Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that had to do because of changes in writing staff. Um, that's just how it was. And there were some plot lines that never got, you know, that never ended or didn't, didn't, didn't end maybe the way that the, the introduction made it seem like it might end. It just kind of fizzled out like the dark energy plot line. Um, there were differences in, in writing direction and writing development that we learned after the fact. And they decided to go different routes. Um, I can't imagine what kind of result fans might see. If there's enough changes on the writing of a game in the middle of its development. Now, this might not be the case for Dreadwolf, because like you said, it's an alpha. Um, but Mass Effect is in pre-production. There's still a lot to go. I'm not even sure what the hell pre-production means. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows what it means. But it's provocative and it gets the people going. Um these are a few of the questions that we have, right? Is the is the round of layoffs going to delay anymore? How many people are impacted? How how are they impacted? These kinds of things, and we have so many more. And we you know we may have gotten things some things wrong today, because without the adequate information, it's really hard to make any kind of analysis. So um, I I want to put a call out out there if you're if you are listening to this and you worked for Bioware and you'd like to talk and you can talk then let us know. We'd be very happy to hear from you. Um, our channels are always open, and that kind of leads me to the end of the episode. So uh, people know how to get a hold of us because it's in the show notes. You can find us on Twitch and Twitter at, at Mass Effect Cast. Uh, and I'm sorry, on Twitch, it's Robots Radio. On my Twitch is in 7 Legend. I'm also in 7 Legend on Twitter, but on, on Twitter, we are Mass Effect Cast. So uh, Teacup, cup. I, we know that you got the Dragon Age Lorecast going on. Uh, what else you got going on, and how can people get a hold of you?
3: Yeah, so we also host the we also host the Assassin's Creed Lorecast, um, and we usually put out episodes weekly. But we're on a little bit of a break right now um, because we've been moving and and all of that fun stuff that goes along with that. So we'll be back um, early next month. Um, episodes resuming weekly but you can find us on any platform under um, Dragon Age Lorecast and Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can also find us on Twitter or X whatever it's called these days at DA Lorecast and AC Lorecast and you can find us on threads at Cups Podcasting and you can also find us on Twitch where we stream occasionally at the Cups Pods. And Austin has another podcast that he's on that I'm not.
1: (laughs) Y'all stay busy. Oh, yeah. You
4: can catch me on the Holocron Histories podcast, which is a Star Wars podcast, Canons versus Legends, because I just can't get enough of big, divisive fandoms. You know, just want to sit in all of them. But so you can catch us out there. We go live on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. That's right on uh, the Twitch Ben of Tamaria, my co-host Ben of Tamaria. We go live on his Twitch channel, so you can check us there and hang out with us. I don't know if Shelby said this, but you can also check us out on Discord. You can join the Cups Podcasting and more Discord server, or you can join Sam's server or the Robots Radio server. We're all on all the servers. There's so, so many so
1: servers.
3: <laughs> yeah, so many.
1: Well, thanks, guys. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, I know that it wasn't for a very happy reason, um, but this is not going to be the last time that we get some news that's probably related to, uh, you know, what's going on at BioWare. And maybe we can get again get together again for an update on the next news, hopefully, hopefully some happier news. Um, yes. But, you know... Well, until next time, Specters, Um, I am in 7 Legend, and next week we will have Tom back with us, and we'll be doing the patron chat. So we'll be talking and hearing from some of our
2: patrons. But, all right. Take care, everybody.